Welcome to the Local Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Thrive Fuel. Now, here's your host, Jason Holmes. Welcome, everybody, to the first Local Marketing Podcast. Uh, I want to introduce everyone, um, and if you could, you just tell me what beverage you're having. We're doing this around cocktail hour, so we thought it would be fun to uh, feature a few adult cocktails that we enjoy. Shannon? So I am keeping it clean and simple. I actually am drinking live oak vodka from Coastal Bend Distilling on ice with a splash of water ah. in, our own, uh, in our own cocktail glasses, which is nice. Nice. Yeah, Shannon is our senior marketing consultant. Uh, Amanda, what do we got? I'm drinking a an American stout with coffee and vanilla from a brewery out of Flagstaff, Arizona. Awesome. So it kind of keeps you awake while you're uh, imbibing. <laughs> um, very cool. Amanda is either a brand manager or a chief campaign strategist, depending on where you look. So <laughs> yeah. uh, one of those two <laughs> things. We're not, we're not sure right now. Jack of all Adam, trade. what do you got? I've got a Allstadt lager. I'm actually going to be drinking it. This is a plug since UTSA is doing so awesome this year. I'm going to have my nice UTSA koozie for my lager. Nice. I'm, I'm impressed none of you are drinking Miller Lite. So we, you know, we dodged that bullet. Yeah, we all I'm have also <laughs> enjoying a Thrive Fuel branded cocktail. It's a Larceny bourbon. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a small batch bourbon, I think. So anyway, yeah. it's pretty good and the price was right. So here's okay. So jumping right into it. Um, if you're just learning about us um, from this podcast, who we are, what we do, this is going to be the kind of shameless plug part of the show. Um, we are Thrive Fuel. We're a digital marketing company based in South Texas. We work with a lot of what we call local businesses. That doesn't necessarily mean local to us, although several of our customers are local to us, but really local businesses, local and regional businesses that are trying to compete with large businesses. So if you think of your uh, local furniture store who might be trying to compete with someplace like Rooms to Go, or you think of a freestanding ER that might be trying to compete with uh, huge hospital networks that may have a location in their in their local markets, those are the types of customers we serve, as well as your, you know, CPAs, accountants, um, medical professionals of other types, uh, building supply companies, really any kind of local company that you can think of that's trying to figure out marketing in today's day and age. Uh, that's who we work with. So if that is you, please check us out. It is uh, thrivefuel.com and uh, we can definitely help you be intentional with your marketing dollars and get more for your money. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into the show and topics. Uh, Shannon, you have a bewildered look on your face. I don't know if that's because you can't hear me or no, if there's some good. other reason. We're so, good. All right. We're great. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today is the ever evolving Google My Business world. Uh, we, I know we had an article about it last week on our website and we distributed it, but, um, Google has, uh, 
made Google My Business more and more important for these local businesses. Really, it's almost become more important, gets more traffic than even their local websites. But last week, they changed the name from Google My Business to Google Business Profiles. Did everybody see that? So across that uh, the other day. Yeah. So what does everybody think that's about? Well, it's not unusual. Google's, you know, always reinventing itself, trying new things, betas, platforms, puts them, you know, to sunset. You know, it's just, it's what they do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems like over the last few years, what they've tried to do is um, them and Facebook, they try to swallow the internet, like make everybody else's platforms less important. I mean, these are huge, not just huge, they're gigantic web companies, gigantic uh, companies overall. Um, And their products obviously become more and more important as businesses become more and more dependent on them. Uh, If you have, like, I've, I've had the unfortunate experience of having my phone number attached to a business that that wasn't mine on a Google My Business listing. I couldn't get my cell phone removed. So every weekend I'd get calls for that business, um, which is annoying, but you can, that that shows you how much, how much traffic that, that Google My Business drives and, uh, you know, other directories too. But I think with them, they're changing a few other things, not just the name, Mm -hmm. um, some of, some, of how you interact with the Google My Business listing. Um, if you own the business or claim the listing, you'll be able to make changes directly on the Maps app and directly in search results. So that's something that's new. Um, it's a, it, I think in the past, Google My Business was called Google Plus for Business or something yeah. along those lines. It goes back almost, I think, to Google Wave, which was, 12 or 15 years ago. I mean, Google keeps trying to do things that aren't search and, and the business listing seems to be the one thing that has stuck. They, they never get social, but they've, they've gotten this thing. So, so yeah. I, I kind of think it's more, it's, it's it comes across more as a uh, platform rebrand of sorts, like rebranding the name. Right. So we're, you know, for a business still keeping a lot of what, GMB can do for you in search results and maps results. But, you know, you hear the name like Google My Business, you know, we have a verb and then something else, right? So Google My Business. And I think from a marketing standpoint, when you're talking to clients, or if you are a small business owner, you hear that and it, the Google My Business doesn't really encompass what that actually is. And so I think shifting that name to Google Business Profile just kind of in a nutshell says what this platform actually is. It's your business profile. And, you know, when we're talking to any kind of business, small or large, uh, I find myself even um, calling it that like Mm -hmm. your your Google, my business is it's kind of a social media of sorts, but not really, Mm -hmm. but kind of, but it's this weird in between. So really your Google profile, you know, when we're talking to clients. And so I think, it's just a, a, a commonsensical name change for them from Google My Business to Google Business Profile. Right. Yeah. So I think you hit the nail on the head. I, it was, it's funny. Um, I always thought Google My Business sounded funny because yeah. 
Google had turned themselves into a verb. Like <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned, Google I mean, you said it's a, you called it a verb, but it's not, I mean, right, it's, a, right. it's, it's a proper noun, right? So, um, but, it, but it's become a verb because you hear it on television. I'll oh, just Google that, Google that. Right. Nobody says Bing that nobody knows what that is. It's, um, it's, it's a noun, yeah. a verb. It's because Google. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, 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 uh, Google turned themselves into a verb and the only other company like that, that I can think of is Photoshop. You used to hear Photoshop mm -hmm. that for me, mm -hmm. you know, clean that up. I think on CSI, you'd hear that Photoshop that for me and you'd, they'd clean up a photo. Same thing with Google. It, it's search. But uh, yeah, I mean, did you know, and, and we should know this, but we don't really work much in it, but Bing has places too. Yeah. Yeah. It has three packs. Yeah. So it does Yahoo. Three packs and so does Yahoo. places, Bing places for business. Yeah. You know why it's called Bing, right? No. Why, why they named it Bing? Chandler Bing? No. You would no. think that. <laughs> no, no. It was named Bing because it's not Google. Oh. Ah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that was Balmer because it's okay. not, not, I think it was Balmer, Steve Balmer, who, you know, every time he'd lose an engineer to Google, he'd throw a chair through the window or something like that. Um, and then they came out with Bing. And so anyway, the rest is history there. So no big really revelations with that change, but I think we need to watch it just because Google's always got a, uh, you know, they're, they have to continue to grow, which is hard to do when you're as big as they are. Did a, $182 billion in revenue in 2020. That's going up. If you think about that, they did $160 billion in 2019. We have a pandemic, doesn't slow them down at all, right to $182 billion. So they've got to continue that growth pattern. They're going to leverage every piece of real estate that, that, that they have on the internet. So um, yeah. kind of interesting. Uh so what's, uh, I guess the next, next topic you want to, I mean, the, the, I guess the biggest news on here, other than, than that, this is probably bigger than, bigger than the Google, my business news. Actually, we'll skip to you, Amanda, mm -hmm. the metaverse. It, it ties right in. I mean, it's not, everyone's talking about it right now. The meta metaverse, um, Mark Zuckerberg, all in the news. But, uh, I more wanted to touch on it in the aspect that as of right now, it really has no effect on local marketing but it could in the future and I thought it would be an interesting concept to discuss what marketing within that kind of alternate reality type universe would be like even for local businesses that I have an idea cool. I think it would be product placement kind of like we see on movies and tv shows you know a la you know Yellowstone obviously Ram trucks, that is product placement, that, that yeah. crazy ACE hardware plastic bag that was in, you know, see, or episode one of season four, what was that about? Hello, that was product placement. Couldn't, since Facebook has all the data on us, couldn't a local brand, local business do some sort of product placement to me personally, when I'm in the metaverse? In, in whether I'm playing a game 
or I'm at a concert, whatever I'm doing, engaging, but they're, they can deliver me product placement locally based on, you know, people buying ads. And that's what the ads would look like. They would be product placement in the universe I'm currently in. I think that yeah. could be interesting. I kind of imagined it a lot like, um, has anyone watched Altered Carbon? Oh, when yeah. Yeah. when mm-hmm. like he has the like, like he's walking through the universe and like just ads, 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 ads coming at mm-hmm. him until he bought that ad blocker. Like I kind of imagine like, it's not going to start out that way, but it's going to be like that later on where like you're walking, not just not even as subtle as product placement. It's going to be as obnoxious as you're walking down your alternate reality street and add, 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 just everything. Here's kind of my, my take on it, right? If we think back 15 years ago or back to 2008, 2007, you know, first iPhone, 3G, whatever, I'm watching a high definition YouTube video on, on a device, right? Who would have thought then, just average lay person, that five, 10 years from now, you say, hey, you're going to be able to stream any movie you, you want off this thing. And, and the whole other realm of, things that were going to become possible with that, you know, digital revolution, right? So many technologies came about that we really couldn't foresee, you know, us, you know, the non-tech engineers, right? Um, So with something like the metaverse, I think it's important also to consider uh, the, the ways in which brands could interact with us beyond like, okay, here's an, here's a product placed ad, or, you know, we're used to billboards of an extent or a display to an extent, but you know, what are some things that we don't even know of that are going to be possible with this type of technology and interactions. And so for local business or just any business, whether you're medium size, all the way up to, you know, international conglomerate, right. Um, It's making sure that you have that digital foothold now, you know, you think yeah. about a business that has a website that looks like it's from 2003, or you have a business that still doesn't know how to capture leads, or you have a business that's like, I, I know I need a Facebook, but I don't know what to do. Those are the people that you need to be getting on this right now because the metaverse is coming and yeah. there are going to be so many avenues and, and, and ways in which you're going to, you can leverage this for yourself that if you don't even have a good website or any of this you're just that much further behind. And so I think that really needs to be that wake up call, you know, going back to 2008, because I was in the the cell phone retail space back then, right? So I was selling cell phones when the iPhone first hit. And there was no way you could have really predicted Snapchat or TikTok in 2007, right? Mm -hmm. But, But even going back to 2007, there wasn't really a, this thing is here and we don't know, but we know 10 years from now, it's going to be crazy, right? We weren't really thinking that way because we were just so fascinated with, oh, I can play MP3s on the touchscreen, right? But now we, at least as marketers, right? As digital marketing strategists and experts, you know, we can learn from the past as it were. Like we knew when Facebook hit, like we know this is going to can turn into something. And I think we need to start thinking about, you know, metaverse, you know, VR, AR, augmented reality. We need to start thinking in in terms of, I don't know what this is going to look like five years, three years from now, but I know it's going to be wild. And I know there are going to be things 
available that we can't even conceive of right now. And so starting to plant those seeds, you know, in the minds of our, our prospects, our clients, our businesses, things like that, uh, just to start preparing. Cause you know, we don't know what's coming. We know generally that the metaverse, but what are all the implications? We'll find out when we get there kind of thing, but right. Right. How I've been thinking about it. They put a snazzy name on something that's coming anyway, in an effort to, yeah. to own it you know, to own the space and, and they've made huge investments. I mean, owning Oculus, mm-hmm. that purchase of Oculus is huge. Owning WhatsApp is a big deal. I mean, you know, but when they bought WhatsApp, what's five years ago for something like $22 billion, most of the people in the United States didn't even know what it was, but that was a great buy. They bought Instagram for a billion. What a, what a buy. I mean, Instagram is arguably as valuable as Facebook when it comes to how many people, you know, you connect to and, and all that. So, um, and, and, and I wouldn't forget this, that before Facebook went public, the big knock on them was that they didn't get mobile. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was 2011, 2012. It's like, Oh, what are they going to do for mobile? And it's like, they seamlessly handled that problem. So as, as easy as Zuckerberg is to make fun of, because he doesn't seem like a real human being, he seems like, you know, very artificial. They're ahead of a lot. I mean, there never should have been a Facebook if Google knew what they were doing when it came to social and um, and MySpace and everything. So a fun thing that, that I always hearken back to when it comes to Facebook. And again, we, this is a parallel when, when we think of things like metaverse, right. Or just the concept of augmented reality, you know, when Facebook first hit, I was in college, you know, MySpace was the big thing and Facebook comes out and it was, it was pitched as an alternate alternative to MySpace. MySpace had the scene kids. MySpace had high school kids. MySpace had the Facebook. Band. They had but, the local and, and natural. Right. Regions. But then Facebook was this for college students, yep. social network. Right. And so you needed a, a university email to even create an account. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought five years later, like you said, there are millions, if not billions of dollars. And you know, within five years, now they're adding, you know, the business side, you know, business pages and all that stuff and how quickly that's, uh, you know, blown up and become such a huge revenue maker for them. Um, and I think with metaverse thinking the same thing, like it's, it's a concept now, but five years, seven years from now, it's going to be something unrecognizable that we never really could have seen the potential. in. at least again, from the from our perspective here on the ground, right. right? Right. Well, I mean, it's that first mover's advantage that always seems to pay off when it comes to these types of technologies. Um, the first one to get it right or to, 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 to be ahead of that is usually has a huge advantage. Um, you yeah. know, everybody, la- everybody laughed at Tesla and Elon Musk and electric cars. Yeah. And it was the first, he was the first one to go big in it. I mean, Everybody else kind of dabbled. It was like, this is kind of a hedging our bets or, you know, make the environmentalists happy a little bit. Um, But it's not like Facebook is the only one in the sandbox. I mean, I saw an infographic the other day and there's about four dozen companies that have been playing in this box for, I don't know, 15 years. 
right. you know, developing the technologies yeah. and the infrastructure to, to get this off the ground. Facebook was just the first one to come out and, and kind of put their, put their stake in the ground. So here's, but, here's, I think you bring up a good point, Shannon. So I think here's a way to think about it, right? So Facebook has trademarked meta, right? M-E-T-A mm-hmm. versus the metaverse. And I think it, it's not unlike Facebook as a brand name and then social media. I mean, yes, they invented social media, mm-hmm. but they don't own the term social they media. They didn't invent it though. Right? Well, true, true, no, true. No, but they don't they, own that. They popularized it. I mean, and more so, I mean, Facebook seemed like something that was okay for adults to be on, you know, like a, right. like a platform rather than whatever the hell uh, MySpace was. Right. Or, and know. so I think it's the same thing with when we, when we need to be thinking about the metaverse, it, not exclusively a Facebook initiative. Like you said, there are so many companies in, in industries that are in this augmented reality mm-hmm um design yep. right so so 10 years from now when we say metaverse we're really this pizza hut is going to be part of that metaverse right um your yeah. local if local news still exists right your local news could exist within the metaverse so uh, i think the pokemon go is a, is a great example i mean that wasn't a facebook thing that no. was a you know, pokemon thing but that was existing within this metaverse kind of uh concept and yeah. so as we think about that, as we start to kind of figure out what moves do we need to make as marketers, what moves do small businesses need to make, um, not so much in, you know, meta with relation to Facebook and social media, but the metaverse in the sense of augmented ra- reality as a whole. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's all headed that way. And, and I think... Um, you know, the, the question in, from a marketing standpoint, in my mind, is do the e-tailers, do the, do the big e-tailers like Amazon and Walmart just get a huge, another huge advantage right away with some tools and easy way? I mean, they've already got, you know, every item they sell in a database and photos and video and all of that. Do they, do, does that get leveraged into this huge advantage into the metaverse? and cut out local because, because locals are still trying to figure it out. Or is there, is there a place for local to, to kind of jump ahead of those larger companies? I mean, they're not going to, you know, I, maybe I misspoke when I said, look, Facebook shouldn't have happened with, with uh, if, if Google knew what they're doing, but if you think about it, Amazon shouldn't have happened if Walmart knew what they were doing. Right. Because they, they were so far ahead logistically and everything, but now you've got the largest e-tailer in the world in Amazon. Well, I think we can think of it this way, right? So with what the metaverse could allow for a business, um, it's no different than what apps did, right? So we think of apps now, obviously things like Uber and, uh, these delivery services, you know, are publicly traded yeah. and they are what mm-hmm. they are now. But when you think about what these companies were at their inception before they were publicly traded, right. Um, that was innovative. Right. That was how do I take advantage of the, of the technologies before me? Uh, you know, you think where can someone get a, a ride 
drunk at 2 a.m. There's no taxis. Yeah. You know, it's 2013. And that's that's or there or or there are taxis, but you have to call them, you have to explain where you are, you've got to jump through all these hoops, they're gonna charge you to use your credit card. It's exactly it's all this friction. Yeah, it's all this friction that Uber took out of the out of the equation. And I think to answer your question, um, you know, what does this mean? Are are these bigger companies? Yes, I think undoubtedly the Amazons, even the Best Buy, right? I mean, Best Buy has managed to survive this long in a world of Amazon, Newegg, all these things. Barely. Yeah, As opposed to like Circuit City that, I mean, they right, sank right. instantly, right? Yeah. Best Buy managed to figure out how to continue to survive. Um, but, you know, in that space, when you think about small businesses, I think a lot of it too is thinking of what, are, what aren't they offering? that I can do that's going to make a, a, a purchaser in my area want to go through me rather than them. What can I do? Because even as you get large, right, any kind of large industry is going to come at the sacrifice of some sort of convenience, right? Some convenience is going to get lost. And I think for local businesses, it's finding out what aren't they doing that I can capitalize on. And so when it comes to the metaverse, what is Pizza Hut not doing? that I could fill in and do better. Oh, better pizza. <laughs> better pizza, maybe a yeah. better delivery system or service or a better way to interact, you know, because, you know, bringing up the idea of, of, of Walmart should have beat Amazon. Walmart should not have allowed Amazon to exist. But when you think about these companies that are just set in their ways, local newspapers, great example, right? They're so set in how business is always run that they neglect to see the present and the future. And so they don't invest in the future and they allow Amazons to come in. They allow Best Buy to, to survive. Right. And so um, again, I think it, that's, that's kind of where that's going to translate is I could, businesses I could, being adaptable and, and finding the innovative ways to stay relevant. So I could, I could foresee local boutiques where I am, I am in, I'm in the, in the metaverse and I am trying on clothes, you know, from the local boutique, I don't have to leave my home. And then, and then whatever I decide that I want, I purchase in the verse and can drive to the, to the store and pick it up, or it can be droned to me, you know, if, if you know, depending on the future. Yeah. 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 That's what Um, I was going to say. That's, I can see shops. Yeah, health and wellness consultations. You know, if yeah, I'm yeah. looking at getting, you know, some, some facial work done. You know, there's there's all kinds of ways local businesses are going to be able to capitalize on this space, because mm-hmm. we still, as humans, want what we want now. Um, and so, if you can bridge that gap where I, I'm I'm providing this information and I can get what I want now. Mm-hmm. Um, on a local level, I think that's going to be helpful. But a lot of that is to, to Adam's point earlier about you, you have to be thinking ahead and really building that infrastructure. A lot of this is really going to be hinged on data. And what data do you have of your customers yeah. so that you can be building those avatars and profiles? Well, that's a good, them. that's a good segue. I mean, we spent a lot of time on the metaverse. I think that's a pretty good segue into your topic, Shannon, which was right was CRMs. Right, and, right. 
And CRMs are something that, you know, major brands and businesses have. Talk, talk about that though. A lot of, a lot of local businesses, you, you say the word CRM or the acronym right, right. and their eyes go wide. What's it? Yeah. What does that mean? What does that yeah. Mean? So it, it's customer relationship management. <laughs> and essentially it's, it's a piece of software that allows your company um, to kind of gather all the interactions that it's had with customers across all channels. So whether it was an SMS, an email, uh, Facebook Messenger, phone call, however that communication took place, it stores it all there. Plus, it can kind of automate a lot of processes in, in that marketing and sales funnel, you know, channels. I mean, it's just, it's a really important tool. It, it's going to help, it, it helps to foster customer loyalty. It, it can forge healthy revenue, but there's, it can be um, a little over, little overwhelming because there are hundreds of CRMs out there and it's really about finding the one that's the best fit for your needs. Um, they all have different features, benefits, um, but really the most popular ones are going to be lead management CRMs, sales management CRMs, contact management, marketing, and then help desk customer support. And then you have some that are kind of hybrid and do... Right a lot of those things, but really the beauty is housing all of that customer data. Now you own it as first party data. You can leverage it in a way that's best for your company. You can personalize communications with your customers now because you have information about what they've engaged with, what they're interested in, what they've purchased. You have their email, you have their, you know, their physical address, all of these things that you can leverage to now offer them you know, information, offer them value, offer them, you know, opportunities. Um, and then even more so is, is automating, uh, kind of communications with the customers in there. Um, I mean, we use a CRM, right. you know, everything we do is, is right in there. I know I don't have to go to, to my text message or my email. I mean, every, everything is there. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think, what happens, it's, it's kind of what happened in web development years ago is when consumers started to use websites to do important things like banking or like booking travel or anything that was like mission critical that if, if this doesn't work, I'm going to be stuck somewhere or it's not, or I'm going to be upset that it raised the bar for what they expected of even local websites. Yes. So I don't have time for your slow, clunky website that doesn't work on my phone. It's the same kind of deal. I don't need you to call me to tell me that something I'm interested in has been, has been, has made it to the store. I just need a text message. Mm -hmm. Hey, that thing you were looking at, it's here. You should come get it. Or, you know, your car is ready or whatever it is, you know, uh, an appointment notification People don't have time to have long phone conversations. And a lot of times they don't answer their phone anyway. Mm -hmm. There's something like 20 times more text sent than actual phone conversations now. And it was yeah. just 10 years ago that SMS messages caught up with phone calls and in the sheer number. Now it's in multiple factors of more text messages than, than phone calls. And so, yeah, you've got to be able to communicate with your customers through, through automated emails, automated workflows keeping them informed. You can't just run a sale in your store, put it in the newspaper and expect people to come to the store or put it on television even and, and expect people to know about it because 
we're time shifting. Okay. I might not watch that show that you advertised in for another week or two. And by the time I see it, the sales over the product's gone. So you've got to get it out there in real time where people are that's social media and then digital in general. And then, and then pushing out these notifications to, to your biggest fans, because yeah. it, you don't, you don't want people pissed off when they miss something in your store. Not only that, but we have, we have been become conditioned very quickly because of big tech as it relates to communication, where if, if, if I, um, start a communication with a business or brand, I expect immediate feedback. And that may be phone call. It may be text. It could be a, a, a web chat. It could be messenger. It could be Instagram chat, but I expect immediate response. And it, it doesn't matter if it's 10 o'clock at night, we've been conditioned as consumers that that should be the user experience. And so as a business, especially, you know, kind of on, on the local level, you have to have be looking at putting processes in place where you can automate those inbound communications, even if it's after hours and CRMs can help with that. Can create Well, yeah. Notifications for your staff to do things, Mm -hmm. adding tasks for your staff to don't forget to call Mrs. Mm -hmm. Jones. Don't forget to text her. Don't forget this. And, and so, yeah, just operating your business, it's almost impossible in 2021 not to have some type of a customer relationship management system. Plus a database for your yeah. customers that's exactly. easy to pull and, and update and edit instead of just an Excel doc that's going to overwhelm you. And um, right, right. Like- and I think the way to think about that, you know, when we talk about databases, is that it's it really it's a dynamic living database, right? When we think about what a what a CRM can do, it's dynamic. It's not a, a spreadsheet that just sits there statically waiting for you to do something with it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the CRMs. And I want to circle back to something Shannon brought up. She kind of like briefly alluded to it. And it's this idea of, of you know, being adaptable. Right. So we've been in the in the marketing space for a while. We've dealt with all sorts of different types of CRMs. Right. Um, you know, I worked. I, Thanks, Jason. <laughs> you know, previously, I worked in the insurance space and they used other CRMs that I had never, you know, used before. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed is that a lot of these big name CRMs were designed for big name, large scale businesses. Right. And so, uh, you know, Shannon, you said it's something, you know, you you mentioned CRM and people's eyes get all wide, or I think Jason mentioned it, but the idea that you, you go to like a boutique or if you're a, you know, an archery shop or just something where it's very small scale, locally owned. Yeah. Something. And if they've never worked in these types of, of fields, they're not going to know what that acronym stands for. And a lot of those CRMs we think about were never designed for the small business owner, right? right? Not designed for, you know, an art gallery, just trying to keep, keep tabs on their clients and sending emails and all those types of things. And so um, we talked about earlier about being adaptable and uh, you know, what we offer, what we use internally and thus what we, you know, put in place for our clients, you know, our Thrive Field 360 is just that it's it's crm but meant for 
the smaller scale. It's not, you know, yeah. not meant for your, your large state farms in all states and AT&Ts. It's, it's meant for the local, a local restaurant, right? A right, local right. Boutique and all these things. Yeah. And, yeah. Even though, I mean, well, it's kind of what's, it's kind of what's happened over the years is a lot of the best, the best features of these huge CRMs like custom installs of things like Salesforce and these legacy systems that have been around for literally decades, mm -hmm. the best features have come down to these cheaper options. Mm -hmm. And so what I would encourage any small business to do is if, you know, yes, we have our own CRM that we offer to folks. Uh, Adam mentioned Thrive Fuel 360. You can go to the website, check it out, thrivefuel360.com. It's not free. We're, we're more than willing to walk you through it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an inexpensive investment in your business. But if you're not even ready for that, you know, download something like, or, or start a trial with something like Zoho. Start a trial with something like um, HubSpot. Um, and then when you realize that you need marketing tools related to that HubSpot install, then you can move to something like Thrive Fuel 360, which is a tenth of the cost of a full-blown HubSpot install, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and easily migrate because then those it's, it's more about the concepts of creating a database of your customers and communicating with them in that way. And then you can add th those, those concepts are transferable across platforms. And then you've got somebody who can help you to move to something that can do everything that HubSpot can do just at a lower price. Yeah. I would, I'd get used to, used to and, and, you know, the, frankly, small business owners are too busy running their businesses to be expert marketers, but they can see the potential in those types of tools and then hire somebody to do it for you that is going to be <laughs> able to did you get you a return on that investment? So, and one of the things I, I want to, you know, make a point when it comes to CRMs is this is really meant for any industry, right? Any brand in any industry space can benefit from something like this. You know, when, when I'm talking to, to some of my clients, you know, I mentioned um, it doesn't matter if you're a, in the medical space, arts, um, retail, hospitality, everyone has a similar process. And that is, there are people that don't know about me that could use my services or products. Right. There are people that know about me, but haven't made a purchase. And then there are those that make purchases. So really from the unknowns to what we call leads to finally, a, you know, a client, a customer, a subscriber or whatever. Mm -hmm. And regardless of your marketing efforts, everything should be how do we get leads and how do we convert those leads to paying clients, customers, subscribers, purchasers, whatever. And then and, advocates. Yeah. And, advocates, and, for and your brand. advocates and ambassadors. And there's no better tool to do that. I mean, you can do all the social media you want in the world. You can do all the email marketing on, on its own that you want to do in the world, all the billboards, newspaper, whatever. But if you're not actually actively harnessing you know, capturing, harnessing, and converting, that's all really for naught. And the fact is, is like we said, a lot of the best aspects of these platforms have started to trickle down. Um, I mean, now's the time. And we go back to, we were talking about the metaverse, right? This is another one of those things that regardless of your brand type and brand size, 
you need to start getting on and harnessing that data, capturing that data, because this is the only way you're going to thrive. You can't just walk into the metaverse and kind of look around with deer, you know, in the headlights. What do I do with all this stuff? Where do I go? Um, Now's the time to start planning your path there. Well, and even today, all of that data you can use in a really intelligent way to market to either your current customers or or those that have engaged with you in some way, because you can filter that CRM based on their interests or their purchases. And then you can market to them based on that. That's an intelligent way to market. If if I own a, a wellness spa and I have people that have shown some interest in this particular service or have purchased this particular service, and I'm going to run a special, now I have all the data in my CRM of customers, those customers, I can now download that run campaigns and social media just to those people or create lookalike audiences. I can now, now that I have their physical addresses, I can plot the latitude and longitude of their homes and deliver streaming, you know, OTT commercials in there. I can deliver emails right into their inbox, SMS messages, specifically to those that are are probably most going to be interested in that specific product or service. So you can get really granular, which means higher conversions for you. You know what, Shannon? I'll drink to that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, the next topic, Adam, you had... uh, You had social influencing and how brands can use known people, uh, recognizable names and figures for legitimacy. And um, that's something that we've done a little bit of with a couple of clients. Uh, Shotgun was one of them. Shotgun Seltzer here in uh, Texas and um, using some influencers. But uh, tell me what you think about where, where that's going. So I don't even think it's so much where it's going. I mean, with anything, everything's going somewhere, right? You know, we're again, I think the topic of the day here is metaverse. Um, and so everything's always kind of going somewhere. But I think influencing is one of these marketing tactics that doesn't get enough attention at the smaller scale level, right? So, you know, we think about the term social influencer. And when I hear that term, I don't know about, you know, you guys or anyone else listening, but when I hear social influencer, the first thing that comes to my mind is you know, the Instagram influencer. I think there was, that was, that's even a coin term, right? Instagram mm-hmm. sure. influencer, Snapchat. You know, we think of these, these um, social viral personalities that uh, partner with, collaborate with brands. And a lot of it has been clothing, jewelry, stuff that you could easily sell on a digital platform like Instagram, Pinterest, Health and uh, Snapchat, right? But really, the concept isn't new, right? So like, Amanda, I'm going to pick on you. Like, who's like a high profile social influencer that you can think of? Um, one that's like influenced me because... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Any, any, yeah. I mean, nobody really, but 
that's because nobody's influenced you. That's what <laughs> no, okay. no, everybody no. thinks. Nobody that I can think of. Like there's, off of there's one name everybody's thinking about right now. All right, so right here, Michael Jordan and Nike. Oh well. Oh uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, mean, I was what, trying to think of like an influencer off Instagram, but there's like there's he, tons, but like right, none of and that, and that's that kind of goes back to my my point, right? When I think of this term, that's what comes to mind. But really, when you think about it, social influencing has been around for, I mean, who knows how long, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. They it's just call all about bonkers. who is that? What is that personality? What is that viral face or name that instantly I make an association, right? So, I mean, you know, when I was kind of thinking this through, I mean, Michael Jordan and Nike, right? You, you cannot get more social influencer than that. I mean, it's 25, 30 years later, and the dude still has shoes named after him, mm-hmm. right? That are sought after year over year over year. Um, and so the whole idea, it, it, when you really boil it down, is who is that personality or what type of personality can legitimize your brand? And it doesn't right. have to be a celebrity. Right? No, but it no. depends on your, I mean, there, there's, there's more and more examples of it all the time Exactly, because it's so easy for something to go viral. I mean, the number one, when I said everybody's thinking of the same name, I was thinking of Kardashian, any of them, right? Yeah. That's right. what they, nobody know. was thinking of the same name, but, but, but nobody was exactly. <laughs> Kardashians exactly. Are but I mean, somewhere in your head, somebody. you're thinking, yeah, somebody. but, but that doesn't lend to me. That doesn't make it, that doesn't make it legitimate, but to a lot of people it does, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the oh, one yeah. girl we worked with for shotgun, you looked at her other posts and she had the products everywhere, like tagged in her photos and even her plastic surgeon was a tagged business. Okay. Yeah. So anything can be used, traded, um tagged as a so here here's in one direction we can think about right when i was as i've been thinking through this idea of of social influencer i'm gonna get some more light in here (laughs) dark but you know again we keep kind of going to these social personalities Mm -hmm. but if you're in a in a place and i know you know we have clients all over the country uh so they might not get this reference, but for those listening in, in the South Texas area, you're going to know who I'm talking oh, about. I know, right? I know where you're going. But you think Gary Moses. Gary Moses, brother mm-hmm. Gary. Right? And so <laughs> the the point being, so for those of you who don't know who Gary Moses is, it doesn't matter because I'm pretty sure your town has one, mm-hmm. right? Or your community has one or <laughs> your industry space has one. You have that person that you know everyone else is going to know. So they might not even be a a social personality in the sense of they're on Instagram or they're on TikTok or they're on Twitch. It's the, it's the fact that even if I'm a local business, just, you know, I'm not trying to sell to people in in Arizona or Connecticut or whatever, who is it in your area that you can connect with? That's going to bring some legitimacy to your brand. Now, of course we can extend that to the digital space, right? So, you know, we've got that, we've got a client uh, that is in the sports industry realm. Why aren't you um, taking advantage of all of these Twitch viewers 
that love to watch Madden players or watching the, you know, the NBA 2K game series players. You've got streamers that are getting 65, over 100,000 views per stream. They have endorsements. They, they endorse oh, yeah. companies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I think for a brand, you know, I, I use the sports agency as, as a, you know, you know, picking on them for a minute, but this really extends to, to any kind of brand, right? What type of personality and who is it in your area or in your space that's going to lend credibility to what it is that you do? Being just having their name associated with your brand, your, your service or your product. And so, like I said, thinking through this and, and, and part of it is breaking that misconception breaking this idea that social influencing only means it's the Kardashian who's getting however many followers or however many mm-hmm. views. Right. And it's, it's a celebrity. Beyond. It's the celebrity bandwagon endorsement that mm-hmm. has always worked. Right. Yeah. Again, we're, 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 again, we're, go, we're going back to, we're going back to, to Michael Jordan and Nike. Right. Or yeah. One long before that, you know, mm-hmm. and all, yeah. I mean, well, and now anybody do can be influencer. Yeah, right. yeah, follow. yeah. Exactly. Be an influencer in your space, but I mean, we've talked about it before. On the local level, there are ways you can utilize what's in your community for social influencing, and not even local celebrities. You can utilize people within your business to support you and show the genuineness of your business through like within your company too. Like if you have employees who spend a lot of time on social media, you can utilize sure. their following and things like that. Um, it's or more a about lot of finding... times it's, it's just employees that have really big families in a small town. Exactly. You know? and, it's and, about and boiling it down. Featuring them. Yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on your, on, on, on your goals and, and who you're trying to reach. I mean, look at the ocean spray guy a few months ago on TikTok, exactly, yeah. just drinking ocean spray on a skateboard with That's a Fleetwood fine. Mac song. Um, everybody, everybody saw that. And I mean, billions of views on that one video and then he's a celebrity. So, and I'm going to circle back really quick. Cause I, I, I just, I can't get off this Shannon. You got me started on something here. It's metaverse concept. How does that get adapted into the metaverse, right? A TikTok of a guy skateboarding down the road, drinking ocean spray. What does that look like in the metaverse? Well, we get that's more of a hypothetical. We get to see it, feel it, touch it. And he can give us a sip of his ocean spray. If you're in the metaverse, right? And that's what brands are thinking about. Well, have you all seen Free Guy? That's what I imagine. No? No. With, With Ryan Reynolds? Okay, well. How have I not seen this? Or maybe I have. I mean, we I know. Know it's you. good. It's a really, it's funny, yeah. but I mean, it's a video game. It's, it, it's a video game that like you put your head to that on and you hop into, and then they have like oh, AI it's figures. It's yeah. The new one. The new one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's out. new. It's really, it's yeah. came out like this last year, this year. Yeah. But I mean, ago. you hop in and there's like different things you can do within the universe and ads and things like that. So like, yeah, like if that would be, you hopped in and then the skateboarding guy goes by you. It would probably be AI, not the actual guy, but, but you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. These Keep are ways busy. we can start thinking about this and right. ways small, medium, large size businesses can start 
need to start thinking about this now because again it's coming we it's and it's always been here you know you mentioned this movie with ryan reynolds that just came out well remember i i emailed you guys that uh that book. picture of that book that came out in 1992 and i'm gonna play i don't know if i can plug it legally or whatever so I, do it i can yeah okay neil stevenson's um snow crash 1992 yeah. I cannot recommend this book enough. It was such a fun read. I think I got through it in less than a week. Um, it Sumerian mythology with metaverse concepts from the nineties that are probably more, tr- more accurate to what a metaverse can be than I think anything that has come since being that far away, it, it, his vision of what this was going to look like. I'm, I will say, I haven't seen the Ryan Reynolds movie, but I have a, an idea that Neil Stevenson was more pinpoint on what the metaverse can be and will be than any mind that's come since. Yeah. I mean, there was a Fox series back in the early, early nineties called, I think it was just called VR and it was pretty much spot on to where this thing seems to be going. You know, um, if you remember minority report, Oh yeah. I mean, aspects of that with ads jumping off of different areas you know the combination of the real world with the meta metaverse is 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 there it can be a lot of different things Um, well and they just came out with the gloves they're working on the gloves yeah i saw that this morning yeah and it's going to get crazier and crazier so it does kind of sound like the beginning of an episode of black mirror yeah a little bit a little bit when I was watching the Mark Zuckerberg talk about it, like in his keynotes, I was like, yeah, this sounds like the beginning of an episode right. of Black Mirror. It looks right. like the beginning of an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> but right. I mean, it is coming. I we don't know how fast. We got to make sure that we, you, you, we got to plug the um, the Iceland tourism video. Oh, yes. That was. So when Cutter does the, the notes here, make sure you that. link in the show notes. The, North, the the Iceland uh, tourism video because that was just awesome. Um, if you haven't seen it, Google that. It'll be on. Uh, it's on YouTube and everywhere else. So this is a great discussion, guys. Um, kind of big ideas for local. Um, not really super actionable for for local right now. So other than the CRM, they need to be thinking CRM like yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 being aware of what Google's doing with places and. Uh, well, Google Google business profiles and GMB going away and all of that. Anybody uh, have any final thoughts on everything we talked about? I just want to issue an apology to everybody. I did not think or pre-think of the sun going down at 530. <laughs> so I'm sorry for the progressively darker tone that, that my feet has been giving in the last 20, 30 minutes. Not a problem. Next time, turn on a lamp. You just you just All need right. a lamp. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys I I opened up a second uh, uh, monitor and I have a, a white screen full screen so I can get some light on. <laughs> yeah, you, so you we can see nice, you. That's really what's happening. Look like you're just in this dark room. No. And then that's with it off. Now put it back on. See, so so put on the put it back on. Right, see, oh, that's a really nice. You get that nice bedroom glow. Yeah. All right, this wow. might just have to be wow. the way we do it now. Yeah. I think this is, you know, 
this is a, supposed to be a, a nice podcast, not a, a bedroom <laughs> podcast. Rated everyone. Rated everyone. Right. Yeah, this is rated for everyone. This rated isn't rated R. We kept it. We kept it at PG. This isn't a typical PG game. Night. We'll put it that way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A PG thirteen. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll do another one of these uh, probably in two weeks. Um, and then after that, our goal is every week. Um, send any of your questions to info at thrivefuel.com. Uh, if you have show topics or things you'd like us to cover, questions, anything like that, send it there, info at thrivefuel.com, and we will uh, add them to the show. So thanks, everybody, for listening, watching, wherever you are getting this. Awesome. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.